Weirdo bookworms, unite. We want to share our love of genre fiction with you. Some readers out there may look down on you for your love of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, but not us. So stop by as we discuss what we've been reading. Hey, genre junkies, it's Sandra. And this is Scott. And we're back. We took a little teeny tiny mini, not quite break, kind of break. Sort of a break. We, uh... Not really, but kind of. But kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just been a lot. We've just been doing a lot. Oh, my God. I mean, to say that 2020 has been fully loaded and ups and downs is, I mean, just eye rolling at this point, because it's been a year for everybody. But um, yeah, I, some of you may have known, um, uh, Scott and I are quote unquote essential. We've never stopped working during the shutdown and we're thankful to have jobs. But you know, when you're working through crisis, a lot of stuff happens and it all just compounds. And oh, it's just been a, and then the election. Oh my oh, God, so much here in America. So much. So November has been a little bit of a vacation for us in some respects. Yeah, we're still doing our other shows, still doing the Spooky Summer Party, still doing the cult show, still doing this show, but just taking a little bit more time to not have to rush some deadlines, I guess is the way to put it. But we wanted to check in and chat with you guys because we miss you all so, so terribly. And we thought we would just kind of hang out. We're here on the couch. Pretend that you're here on our large sectional couch with us. We're just going to chat chat books a little bit and just kind of, I don't know, some funny questions, some serious questions. I went through a whole bunch of different book tags on YouTube and on people's blogs and whatnot. And I just kind of came up with a smattering of questions to just talk books for the love of books. Um please play along at home with us. We want to hear from you. Yeah, I mean, you can also like on social media, I'll do some sort of a post or something. And you can uh, tell us some of your answers. You can email, I, I don't know, what tweet it, whatever, whatever you want to do. Tell us your answers. It'd be fun to hear some of them. So um, this will be a minimally edited episode. So, you know, you just have to put up with some less than perfect Annunciation and whatnot from us tonight. And let's try to stay away from the the swears, monster. Hey, what do you mean? <laughs> I I can't do a swear. Let's not do a swear. I'm gonna try. It's not like I ever do it like on purpose. You know what I mean? It's just how I talk. I'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm I. Who knows? The first swear could come from me. Yeah. So you mean just not the f word? Can I say other swears? No swears. Ah. Oh my gosh, I almost just said a swear. Okay, I'm just going to do my best. I can't prom. I'm not I'm not promising anything. I'm not promising anything. Okay. So, here's our first little question for all of us at home. What is a popular book series you didn't like or will never read? Well, for me, yeah. This is easy. It's The Game of Thrones. I'm Oh. You would yeah. think it would be something that would be right up my alley. And I yeah. I did read, I don't know, the first quarter maybe of the first book many many years ago and it never grabbed me. Yeah, you did. And there's things about the show that I appreciated, but it's just it doesn't really grab me. It's not doesn't really interest me. It's it's a lot. And I just yeah. um I've never been able to bring myself to to dig into that. 
Interesting, interesting. Because I love the Game of Thrones series. I know. Love those books. Um, Yeah, that's right. You can never quite get into it. And there's a lot going on. There's a lot of um, political court intrigue, which I think you like more these days. Absolutely. Like, I think that's kind of grown on you a little bit. And there's many different characters. I had to um, take notes. Like, when I read these books, there's a lot of different characters. There's a lot of different little civilizations and you know towns and stuff it's a lot to keep track of that kind of deep epic fantasy Mm -hmm. you know i really liked it when i was a kid like when i first read uh the lord of the rings and the silmarillion and all that kind of stuff yes that that level of deep fantasy and world building Uh um I don't know if it's really for me anymore. And I love fantasy, but you do love fa- and you love world building. I, I do. There's a certain level though where it just gets too much for me. Okay, so this is maybe tied into my answer for this question, which is the Wheel of Time books. Oh. Here's the thing. Sorry, sorry, Mr. Jordan. Uh rest in power. I know these books mean a lot to a lot of people. I will, I've never tried, but I have no intention of ever reading this series. I hope one day it does get made into like a TV thing <laughs> because I'd like to watch it. I know um, one of the kind of conceits, I don't know if it's a twist. I, I know a thing about it, like a plot thing that seems really cool to me and seems relevant to my interests. But, um, you know, I think I'm kind of at a weird point with epic high fantasy where, you know, it's kind of like the Lord of the Rings. Like we have the band and we go on these adventures over 27 books. <laughs> and I don't know that I'm there anymore. You know, because I love Lord of the Rings growing up too. When I was a teenager, I read all of those. It's funny you mentioned that because the Wheel of Time is something I've always been interested in picking up. Uh, you should. Th- that's something that's kind of on my, it's, it's, weird to say bucket list for a book series but yeah that I, i've been targeting that for a series to read through that's so okay so you just like went on this like rant about no. and now you're like oh except this there there's things about the wheel of time though that that seems like it's a little bit more up my alley the way that magic works yeah i i i want a little bit of magic in my epic fantasy you know what i think you just want those early 90s fantasy book covers i i love them and you know it <laughs> a lot of people do a lot and i i like them too i i totally get it Okay, listen, we're just being honest here. We're being honest here on the couch. Uh, you know, so you guys be honest too. Tell us the truth. Are you going to read the next question? I'm going to read the next question. How adorable. Okay. So, um, what is a book trope that you are sick of reading? Oh, man. Um, this one is hard for me to word because I don't want to get myself in trouble with this. Okay. Okay. I am a little sick of the quote unquote tough girl. Okay. Um, it's it's so funny because I'm not that character because I have a lot of sense of humor, but I'm kind of a tough girl. Like I'm not super like vulnerable, you know? So in a way it's like, I'm saying I'm sick of myself, (laughs) (laughs) but only I have a lot of humor. I'm like the court jester. I'm not the tough girl, but I I don't know. Maybe you guys get what I'm saying, but um, you know, cause I feel like we swung so far on the pendulum where, you know, girls were too wishy-washy and too princessy. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like this overcompensation of like, you know, 
forged by the sword from a toddler age and you know oh romance is not for me and frivolity is not for me and it's kind of like okay can we can we find the middle ground again of you know, you get what I'm saying. I do. Have, have a sense of humor and have um a lightness to you and have maybe some hope or 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 have no hope. But I mean, just like some kind of balance anymore. I, I think for me in that in that realm, it kind of comes down to one dimensional characters because yeah. I've read a lot of male characters that are like that where totally it used to be a male character thing. Exactly. Yeah. Where um, you know, I think of the the uh, what's what's that book series with Dark and Raw? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, that's your. I love. No, I I, I appreciate the series. Uh, sort of truth. Sort series. of truth series. The main character, which I think is going to come up again. I I think it is too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the main character of that of that story. His real his only real weakness is his love. You know what I mean. But at the end of the day, he's he's a very one dimensional. You know, tough, yeah. perfect character, and I think. You're right. It, the pendulum swing swing pretty pretty strongly in that direction towards female characters, which I think was important. But I agree. I like characters in general who are multi dimensional. Yeah, is that kind of your answer too? It's actually not. Oh, what's your answer? Mine is. I don't want to say that I'm I'm sick of it, but I'm kind of done with it for a while, and that's the reluctant hero. Um, I want to read. It's so classic, though. I know. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying that's right, but I mean, it's just, it's so something that is fallen back upon time and time again. Exactly. Which is why I'm kind of done with it for you now. You kind of want to read somebody that's like, I am the effing hero. Exactly. Okay. And you know what? I just tried really hard to remember to say effing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, and, I, and our listeners do too. I think it's going to be very funny. To- <laughs> oh, I don't think they mind my swears. <laughs> I yeah, but we want kids to be able to listen to it and not have to mark it explicit when their parents have said child. no, you can't listen to ex- explicit I podcasts. I was a child who swore. Yeah, but you also didn't have parents who put restrictions on your phone saying no, you can't download any explicit podcasts. Oh no, my parents didn't didn't care about that stuff it's, at all. I know, and most of the people we know don't care about that stuff either. But okay, I well, I just want to make sure that everyone gets to listen to our show. <sighs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this is what I have to deal with, people. This is what you don't hear on the special behind the scenes, peering behind the curtain episode of Genre Junkies. Um, so you want somebody that just wants to be, just be the darn hero. Yeah, I, I, I mean, absolutely. At the beginning, the hero can be surprised and be like, "I'm not so sure I want to do this," but you know, once they pick up the sword, as it were, yeah, like be the hero you're meant to be. And there's a lot of books that are that are like that, like uh, the Warcross series. Yeah, totally. You know, she absolutely yeah. falls into this position she finds herself in, but she's like, this is kind of what I want to be doing. So yeah. there, there's no reluctance there. I, I've really appreciated stories that have gone down that road and, yeah. you know, people like really coming into their power earlier on in the book and just being the hero. Right, right, right. I think I, I, think I understand what you're saying. Um, okay, what's... Or I should say, who? Who is a popular and or leading character from a book that you didn't like, don't like? Um, I, I'm going to say don't like for this because 
I I remembered liking him at the time, but the main character from The Sword of Truth. I can't <laughs> think of his name for some reason. Gosh, that man goes through so much. It's almost like it's hard to say you don't like him because I'm sure there's books or portions of books where you really like him. And then later in that book or in the next book, he's like a different dude. That's kind of the problem. I like I I liked him in Sword of Truth. The first one, yeah, he was he was a fun character. Uh, the second one, he's just like being basically tortured the whole book. So it's like okay, yeah. can't really you know judge his character on this. And then it just it just goes into some some weird, very um, male centric places that. I, you know, I don't really appreciate it or look f- back fondly on. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is, and I feel bad because I only read the first book in this series, popular series, Amanda, my sister, good friend of the show, is on the show, been on the show many times. She loves the series, but it's Diana from A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. Um, I know that I will, if I ever get around to it will love all the books in this series i love the subject matter of the books um but i did not like diana and i had such a hard time reading that first book years ago and wanting to love it and i remember because my mom read it too and i was like why don't i love this book more this is full of vampires and witches and like grimoires and like stuff that is so me and she's like well I'm sure you hate the lead character because I do. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. I don't, I don't like her. And it is so hard to get into a series or a book if you do not feel any sort of connection to the lead character. And we've talked about this many times before. It doesn't mean they have to be like you. doesn't mean they have to have anything in common with you, but they have to have something that attracts you to them and makes you want to learn about them or, you know, continue with their story. I, see, I find this question interesting for you because there's a lot of horror books yeah. that come to mind where it's like the lead character. No, I don't like the lead character oh, well, at all. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm totally fine with unlikable characters, but I mean... This she is not written to be an unlikable character. She is written to be our heroine. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any sort of a connection with her. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, the next question is, what is a hugely impactful book in your life? I love this question. And I mean, you could really just go on and on and on. It's almost like a what's your favorite book question, which is impossible. <laughs> I know. But th- I-, I like the way that that this question was written because it doesn't mean favorite. It's just yeah. something that means a lot. You know, I'm kind of che- I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat with this one. And I'm going to say um, Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles, her standalone stories of vampires and also the Mayfair witches really just Anne Rice in general. Um, (laughs) Those are my, you know, kind of favorites, but that she's one of those people that when I think about, and I say this a lot, I know people are probably sick of it, but I really don't know if I would have made it through my youth without her. I really don't. Like her books gave me a lot of reason to get up and do something in the morning, you know, and it was the first time I'd read books where I couldn't put it down. I thought about it, you know, until the minute I went to sleep because I was reading it. I wake up early so that I had time to read it. Um, 
just really incredible characters and stories that just mean so much to me. And they still do. And I love her books and I love rereading them. It's kind of like I always have an Anne Rice book going right now because I just I just love her words and her characters and her worlds and they just they just mean so much to me and I know that they're not always perfect and there's some stuff that if you're not familiar you know this is a really different time when she started writing a lot of these things 70s 80s 90s early 2000s when we put up with a lot of more problematic stuff and it's also gothic literature which by nature has problematic elements to it um but I I love I love it I love it so much. My answer I actually want to cheat too because I have two. But my answer is my first answer is for a lot of the same reasons as Anne Rice is for you, mm-hmm. and that's the Golden Compass. Ah, uh, Philip, Philip Bowman. Uh, that series came at a very important and uh, fragile time of my young life. <laughs> uh, it it got me through a very difficult time and really. It's part of how I progressed on a spiritual level as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, moving on from a, a Catholic upbringing, yeah. it made me think of spirituality and, and the universe in a very different light. Right. I'm not saying that I've built my own, you know, belief structure around it, but it's right. what opened the door. Oh, yeah. And the things he explores are... Uh, wonderful thought-provoking humanist science cool stuff i almost said another word (laughs) it was a very important series for me yeah and then the second i I would say most impactful book is the heart is a heart-shaped box (gasps) it's the first horror exactly it's the first horror novel that i read that i loved yeah. It's the first horror novel that I read that I said, okay, you know what? Maybe I do like horror. Maybe maybe this is a genre that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, I, I think if it wasn't for that book, I'm not sure that genre junkies oh. would exist in the way that it does because, you know, we primarily focus on horror, sci-fi, and fantasy. Yeah. And that horror part was not a part of my, uh, uh, my experience until... Yeah. Whenever it was that we read that eight ten years ago, oh god, I don't remember. I mean, I got it when it came out. Yeah, um, yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, horror, you know. <laughs> I'm a I'm a huge fan. I'm so glad that you feel that way about Heart Shaped Box. Um, I mean, you know, kind of along the same lines. There's so many, so many impactful books in life, but I just was kind of thinking of one that was like the first that really, really came to mind. Um, what is a book that you could devour in a day or you have devoured in like one sitting and would do again? Ender's Game. Ah. I have done it many times. <laughs> I would do it again. Yeah. I, w- I probably read that book once every two or three years. And it is a read in one day sort of book. Gotcha. Yeah, because it's not very long, is it? Too. Um, it's not terribly long. I don't remember. Um, it's 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 normal book sized, but I know it so well. And yes, it, it's there's 
there's lots of problems in it. It's problematic. I yeah. recognize all of those things. But uh, talk about impactful books. The first novel I ever read, the thing that introduced me to sci-fi, the thing that introduced me to being a reader, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that book means a lot to me, and I do still enjoy it to this day. I think there's so many people that fall into that camp of that's a piece of art that even though, you know, the creator is not somebody that one admires <laughs> you know i'm looking at a certain uh, wizarding turf um <laughs> i'm looking at a few authors where you know um and over time and from history and stuff because you're with an author their good and their bad parts does influence their writing you know it does mm-hmm. like you can't deny that there's some of their beliefs that for better and for worse influence the books. And and when you go back, like, especially with Orson Scott card, there's other series that I have very fond memories of that I've gone back to read. And I see some of those beliefs. Sure. I see some of that influence that I hadn't seen before. Oh, Dickens. I mean, there's uh, HP Lovecraft. Like, I mean, there's tons of authors Mm -hmm. that you can see some of the weird ish they were (laughs) thinking. But, you know, it also can be, in a way, uh, very influential on the book. Yeah, I don't know. It's deep. Um, So my answer for that would be Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. Just my first Paul Tremblay book I read before we started doing this podcast. And um, I love that book so much. And I really devoured it when I read it. And I could absolutely devour it again, even though I know how it ends um, same thing, too. I was thinking of a book that I devoured a number of years ago, and that'd be The Demonologist by Andrew Piper. Um, I've kind of, I don't know why. I'm so sorry, Andrew Piper. I haven't read your books in a while, but I was going <laughs> strong there a few years ago, and I really liked his work, and he writes cool um, crime thriller horror books. And The Demonologist is a cool book about this guy who's a professor, and um He's like at a big college. I don't I don't remember. And he's like an expert on um Milton's Paradise Lost and someone or something that seems to be a demon has kidnapped his young daughter in Venice. And it's like he kind of has to use his knowledge of Paradise Lost and demonology to get her. And when I read it almost completely in one sitting was when my mom had open heart surgery Mm. and we were in the hospital all day. And it was such a wonderful thing to read for me, like with the way I process things at that time, because I'm not a major one sitting book devourer. That'll come up later. Yeah. Anyway. I actually, I, I'm going to go ahead and jump to that. Um, oh, you're going to jump around? I, I'm going to jump to that one. Oh, geez. just because we're, Now I'm going to get thrown off. I know, I know. So um, do you like to read books over several days or do you like to binge them fast? I like to read books over several days. I like having a good session of reading where I can read quite a bit at one time and big chunks. But um, no, I... I like to take my time and not feel rushed. I'm a huge binger. Yeah. And I think that people have probably <laughs> kind of guessed that from the show. Yeah. Um, I don't like like I, I I don't like it when I get myself into a situation where I'm binging on a deadline, Ugh. which has happened to me a few times oh, on this just, show before. Just a few. Just a couple of times. Yeah. Uh 
but I really, um, I'm the kind of person that I, I would like a book to be through in two to three days. Dang. Yeah. You heard it here, people. I, I, that's how I like to enjoy it. Okay, I love this question. And it's <laughs> because I, some of these, I mean, I'm not going to like toot my own horn and I don't remember which ones, but I kind of adapted them from tags. And this was one of them. Is there a genre that you would be fine with never reading again? <laughs> such a polite way to put it it's like someone's offering you like oh would you like some tea no thank you and someone offers you the genres but genre book like oh no no thank you thank you no thank you i can't think of of an entire genre that i would completely avoid just right now even in this moment i want to hold you to it forever well oh i mean right this moment yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of good on horror for a while oh stop it (laughs) you say these things to wound me um well you you said you wouldn't hold it against me yeah but you said that on purpose i did no there's no there's no overarching genre that i would completely avoid how about the bible (laughs) (laughs) someone like offered me the bible oh no thank you no thank you i'm a witch no thank you well you know i that i i appreciate you know i i I appreciate religious history and text i I, I do we're having fun here people no my i guess for me it would be not an entire genre but a a something that happens within a genre (laughs) i'm kind of done reading about sexual assault you know and and that's that is in Mm. fantasy horror sci-fi any of the other genres it's used in a it's used a lot of times as shock as character development it used to be anyway i still come across it sometimes and it's still used well uh, you know in in some of the ways that i've read it but i'm kind of done reading about it now it's very interesting um that you say that because i mean i i feel like the conversation around sexual assault has i don't know is it's become a lot better and the way people write about it has become a lot better yes um and i think that it's very important to a lot of stories and will continue to be but it is incredibly difficult to read about mm-hmm. incredibly because it uh, duh, it should be incredibly difficult to read about yes and um yeah i think i like this trend we have <laughs> of it being a respectful conversation. Yeah, and it's I like yeah. that. <laughs> it's fair to say I'm not saying that there is there's inherently something wrong but with writing. But if you got it. that trigger warning, you would have to kind of Exactly. Yeah. It's a trigger. Yeah. It is a trigger. Same. I I totally get that. Um I'll lighten the mood minus rom-com. Um <laughs> It's funny when I was in high school, I read a lot of rom com. I get, I get that people like rom com. My sister likes rom com. A lot of people do. I totally respect that. And you know, here at genre junkies, we never, we're never writing off whole genres really, or disrespecting whole genres or anything like that. But I get that people like the lightness and they like the predictability and they like it sometimes when they can surprise them. But they get a happy ending and they kind of get boxes checked and needs met. And I just, I don't like it in movies. I don't like it in books. 
I think something would have to be really, really special in a rom-com. I would probably want it to be queer, quite honestly. Yeah. And I would probably want it to be basically erotica. (laughs) (laughs) Not writing off erotica. I'm writing off (laughs) rom-com. You know, it's fu- it's funny what you just said at the end about about it being queer. I, yeah, I am. It's no secret that I love rom coms. You do, but I actually, I'm kind of. I don't know. I think I kind of am interested in reading or watching more queer rom coms too. To have different stories being told, you know, I'll just uh, because I'm sure a lot of it is the same. Because there's tons of queer rom coms out there in books. Um. Well, I don't want to say tons, but I, there's they're a, there. Um, it, it, but I think I'm sure it checks a lot of those boxes. But there's got to be something about it that is refreshing to hear another walk of life story, so to speak, where it's not just this. Or, yeah, I, I mean, some people from wildly divergent cultures, or something like that. Like, I can't just have straight boring white person meets straight boring white person anymore yeah i that i yeah i actually think you convinced me <laughs> not that this is a, a, a discussion Yay. to Yay. be convinced but i think yeah. you actually convinced me <laughs> thank you i'll see myself out yes. all right um this one's uh pretty simple yes hardcover paperback trade ebook or audiobook all valid forms I left off the graphic novel. I kept it a little. I think that's a that's I think graphic novels belong actually in their own yeah. genre almost. Yeah. Not I got you. We love them. We love graphic novels. I, I get what you're saying. For me, um, if I had the option laid out like a buffet before me, I would pick the trade every time. Trade. I like a trade. I like trade size, I like the feel. Um, I like the typeface a lot of times. On a day-to-day basis, for me, it is an ebook is my favorite, mm-hmm. but I love trades too. Yeah, they they fit well. They fit well in your hand. Yeah, they, I, I I love that feel of trades. Like it's just a good size and a good feel, and it has that book smell. And all of these are totally valid. There is certainly places and walks of life and everything where I mean. Really, we've said before on Genre Junkies is why choose? Like, I mean, there's some, all are great ways to absorb a book. Absolutely. Can you read while listening to music or background noise? No. This is actually kind of a little for fun question for for all of our Genre Junkies at home. No, I can't. Um, Sometimes if Sandra and I are reading together at the same time, we'll have like a little bit of like electronic music very quiet in the background mm-hmm. and i tolerate it right but i like either silence or the sound of nature right i i i get so distracted yeah. with with things around me yeah and i just i being a binger myself <laughs> i really like to just put Home. the blinders on yeah. and just this is the book and lose hours to it with with no other distractions well if you guys couldn't tell then like i said this is another little fun little little behind the scenes peek um i enjoy background noise when i read um music i listen to music a lot when i read i do kind of prefer music without lyrics so or kind of um lyrics that aren't very distracting so i like my ambient techno um some chill electronica classical um 
Yeah, I mean, I can listen with lyrics too, but I mean, that's kind of my thing. TV um, on in the background, I'm definitely one of those people. Um, And I think part of that is just a lot of it is how I grew up because I grew up with, you know, if we were watching a show or something on TV, we'd all be watching during the the story and then during the commercials, we all reach for our books and you read during the commercials. I can't do that. I was 100% raised from a small child that way reading is you know it's something you use to fill the the blank spaces of life yeah well are there any writing styles and or writing cliches that you really don't like this is funny um (laughs) i was traumatized as a young child by the animorphs (laughs) oh no i've heard I've, i've talked about this before i can't stand it when a character turns into something and and we get stuck in something and they're that way for several books and or the entire rest of the series spoiler alert tobias is a hawk forever i could not handle that couldn't i handle that and there's sometimes in fantasy books where it's like someone's going to be in a jar for three books i know exactly <laughs> what series you're talking about i can't do it i can't do it i can't do that um i I need it to be <laughs> I need it to be that people aren't stuck in jars, people aren't stuck as an animal. <laughs> like I can't I don't even know what how do you even describe this? I don't know. I don't I don't like it. I like people being where they're supposed to be. That's not to say that the party can't get split up, but not like that where someone is just ah uh, like really uh, weirdly removed from the action is it is it is it the like the act of losing agency that bothers you i don't know what it is but i can't handle it um i also unless it is existential or nihilistic writing i don't like vague writing i don't like stripped down vague writing i like a flowery pretty sentence so mine is a entire uh, tense, <laughs> and it's first person present tense. I have I have read it in actually horror novels, yeah, specifically it to very strong effect. Mm-hmm. It is so difficult for me to read it though. I don't know why. It's just there's this immediacy to it. That also, there's an immediacy to it that the present tense give you gives you that I already am a little, it's already a little bit difficult for me. And then putting it into first person where you're inside of the person's head, it's just very much, uh, I, you know, I pick up the cup, I drink from the cup. There's something about it that it, it makes it very hard for me to, to absorb that that information and it makes me so nervous you look anxious it makes me anxious i don't know why that's like me with with people turning into things or getting stuck in things for too long i (laughs) because i remember i tried i tried to read the sort of true series and i actually read i don't know like four books in it or something and i remember there was a part where i started to get that feeling creeping up the back of my neck and i told scott i'm like is someone gonna be in a jar for this or i think it was more like it was a party being split thing and i was like how long are they going to be split because i also don't like it if the parties split over too long mm-hmm. yeah i'm like my cat i like people and things where they're supposed to be thank you very much <laughs> um what's your favorite reading spot 
Well, my favorite reading spot in the world is in a hammock next to a lake. That's fine. You can say that. Yep. Yeah. I I can't do that every day. (laughs) (laughs) Sadly. Uh, But that is my favorite place to read. It's in a hammock next to a lake. What's um, second choice? Second choice would would be curled up on the couch. Yes. Our giant couch. Our giant couch. Curled up on the giant couch is my favorite place to read. Definitely, 100%. Um, I also like reading, not always, but there's something special to me about reading horror late at night in the dark kind of by yourself. That's really special to me. That takes me back to childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I fall asleep if I read in the dark. I will eventually. I actually really like reading outside. Um, I read outside at work. I, re- I read outside here when it's yeah. warmer. Um, but there's something about this couch. And you've, hear- you've heard us talk about this couch before. When we say giant couch, I don't think we've ever really... It's big. This couch is 15 feet long. It is, is it really? It is the biggest couch you could ever imagine. It's pretty big. Yeah. It can fit a lot of friends on it. Yes, it can. Um, hit me. Go next. Okay. Do you have a a funny book-related story that you can share? I do. I do have a funny book-related story. So as I said, um, I come from a bibliophile family, massive readers, love to read, always have books, always have books to read. If you don't have a book to read, panic will set in. Um, So we were poor, and as poor people are wont to do, we went camping a lot. (laughs) And one time we were camping out in the middle of nowhere and I was a young child. So it's like the 90s. And we were like out on the lake and we came back to our campsite and chipmunks had devoured our books. Oh, no. They'd been left outside and chipmunks had come and eaten the books, leaving bits of paper hither and thither. Um, just t- t- torn, decimated the books. And this is like out in the middle of nowhere. And we still had, I mean, it was going to be like a day's journey, like back to civilization. And like, I don't know, we're obviously camping for a few more days. And so we set out to find books. <laughs> and I was probably like maybe six or seven. Um, And we found in a tiny, tiny, like, you know, like a place you stop at in the middle of nowhere town, this like general store that had some used books. And we like fell upon them (laughs) and got whatever we could. And I remember, and I talked about my parents, talked to this with my parents recently. And I remember like looking around and was very displeased. Like, is there more children's section? (laughs) I was not happy with a lot of my options i think i got a scary stories book something like that um and i got a weird book about like a girl who was a freaking like abused child and she had like this horrible abused child life it was one of those abused kid books you know and i was like so not my thing and yeah it was like I mean, it, that's what we had to do back then, kids. That's what we had to do. You couldn't just get on your phone and download a new book. No, no. And, you know, chipmunks, at least the last time I checked, won't eat my my Kindle. <laughs> They'll try, but they won't be successful. How about you? You got a funny book? 
It, well, I don't have a specific story. I have more of a of a setting, a long form story. So where I used to work, uh, I used to go read out at a table in front of Starbucks. And then coworkers started to, to come hang out at that table with me. No, I'm reading. And would talk to me. No. And then random people would see the uniform that I was wearing and start asking me questions about things that were related to the business that I worked for. No. So for about five, six years... I would go, I would I would grab one of those used milk crates, those, those black milk crates from Starbucks, mm-hmm. and I would drag it over behind the buildings and hide behind a dumpster sitting on a milk crate so I could read on my hour-long lunch without anyone bothering me. Yes. Yes. That is, and I'm sure every reader has that. There's nothing worse than being interrupted. Yeah. While you're reading, I saw a TikTok the other day and it was a guy and it was like, how to talk to girls who have in earbuds and are reading a book. Don't. Don't. Yeah. Leave her alone. (laughs) And it was like, yes, thank you. Every reader knows this. Every reader knows this. Oh my God. And when I remember when you told me that, it's like in my mind, I'm picturing like, you know, dripping dank alleyway that you drug your little milk carton behind and. There's like sirens going off and a rat skittering over your foot. It's like one of it's like one of the alley alleyways from any eighties New York movie. Yes. Eighties, <laughs> early nineties, yes. <laughs> There's needles everywhere. There's ooze. <laughs> um Is there a type of book that puts you into a reading slump? Well, no, there isn't, but I would say the most common is usually psychological horror. Mm. Will usually kind of make me just stop, and all and all I want to do is watch a Disney film, yes, <laughs> and just you know, and just relax. That's probably the closest thing that puts the, the closest like common thing that will put me into a reading slump. But mm-hmm. I, you know, genre junkies has beaten this out of me. <laughs> But I'm kind of a weird reader prior to this. I was really the kind of person I would read seven, eight, nine books in a row yeah. over the course of a month. A week. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, really quickly. <laughs> yeah. And then I would honestly go a couple of months without reading a book. Oh, yeah. That was kind of my, that was kind of the way I always was, even yeah. when I was, you know, in my teens. Yeah. And John or Junkies has beaten that out of me. Now I am I am definitely a book a week to book every two yeah. weeks kind of a reader. But yes, uh, but you know sometimes a really scary or emotionally affecting book mm-hmm. will will put me in a little bit of a slump. That's a really good. That's a really good answer. Mine is. I mean, there are books that just by reading them puts me in a slump not necessarily a genre thing but um when i've kind of like come to find this if i'm in the mood for horror then reading a different genre will put me in a slump or if i'm in the mood for fantasy whatever it is that i'm in the mood for if i don't get to like have that then i will be slumpy yeah and i will take a long time to read a book because it's not what I want to be reading. It's not always genre specific too. Sometimes it could be like, I want to read that book. And if I can't read that book, it's like, 
eating your your porridge, eating your gruel. Well, you have one good thing working in your favor that I cannot do. What's that? And that you you can read two books at once. I can read more than two books at once. I cannot do that. Yeah. I can't I can't flip between books. Yes. So at least you can read that book that you really want to read while you're reading something else. Yeah, but then it's like it, sometimes that backfires because then I just get really like, no, no, this. But I want to <laughs> read this right this. now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got one more question. This is it. Oh, this is a deep, deep, deep dive. How do you honestly feel about non-readers? I pity them. I agree. I feel sad for them. You know, I, I don't I don't want to put too much judgment no. on people who don't read. There's a whole lot of reasons why people don't read. Um, I mean, and I, and I don't, read I, anything. And like I want to clarify. Audio. Yeah. yeah. Audio books count. Yes. They, they, they 100% do. There's so much creativity, uniqueness, and intelligence when it comes to what authors are writing out there that can't be duplicated in any other medium. And I feel like people who who don't read, who won't read, are really missing out on a whole world of of knowledge and entertainment. Right. I agree. Um, you know, I kind of thought of it that like for those of us who are readers, it's like when you read, it's like it's like watching a movie in your head. And I think maybe I'm wrong, but for non-readers, they can't make the movie happen in their head is kind of the best way I could think about it because I'm like, what else could it be? Because it's, you know, you can see it and you can feel it and you can smell it and you can taste it and it comes alive in your mind. So I would have to think that if you don't like reading, it's because it doesn't come alive in your mind. Um, you know, I, I said it before too, and it's I'm kind of bastardizing, that's not a swear, a Stephen King <laughs> quote that, um, you know, like how else do you fill the blank moments in life too? You know, you're watching baseball, Pitching change, you grab your book. You're waiting for a prescription, your book. Like, I mean, I mean, we all go through times where we feel kind of bored or whatever, but I have very rarely in my life ever been bored because I'm a reader. And you'll never be lonely with a book. No, books are good friends. <laughs> oh, farmersonly.com. But thankfully, all of you, our listeners, don't fall into that category. No, I'm sure you're all book people. Um, thank you guys very much for hanging out and just chatting, having just this little fireside chat moment with us. We'll be back to our normal book reviewing schedule very, very soon. We've got some fun stuff planned for the end of the year. It's almost my birthday, which is a hollowed time. It is. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Halloween and my birthday. Yeah, that's it. Second most wonderful time of the year. Oh, stop. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sandra. Please keep reading past your bedtime. 